here we are. It is 2021, and this is yes. still a thing. We are still doing this for some reason. <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm like so rusty, I don't even know how to warm up. <laughs> well, uh, reach up big to the sky. Mm-hmm. Deep breath okay. in. All right, and roll your back down as you slowly exhale. There <sighs> we go, all warmed up. Yeah, that sounds healthy. <laughs> oh, man. The number of, like, old man noises I make now. The other day when we were playing Jackbox, because mm-hmm. I, uh, I have a uh, headset with the mic mute like you do. Uh-huh. So I muted it, and I got up, and I got myself a soda, and I came, and I sat down in the chair, and I went, Ooh. and then I was <laughs> like, I really hope I actually muted my microphone so people don't hear what Your I sound like sounds- when I sit down. I was getting up out of the chair and I made a similar sound. <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's really, it's kind of embarrassing. And I think I actually went, oh God. There's <laughs> <laughs> all these dad noises. How yeah. did we become a couple of dads? I'm just dadding around. Just dadding. Just dadding around. It's- it used to be that you were the mom, but... You can't host right now, so now we're both dads. Yeah, right. But a family, it's fine, because a family can be just two dads, a family and they're can, two dogs. A family can be four dads and no kids. Mm-hmm. Family. It's true. If family. anyone doesn't know what that is, look up <laughs> the family sketch from the birthday boys. It's a good one. You will uh, not regret it. A family can be ten dads. <sighs> uh, yeah, so it's 2021, somehow. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm, I have nothing. Okay. Um, well, normally for New Year's, we throw a rager and obviously couldn't do that this year. So depressing. It was a little depressing. But instead, we still did our gift exchange for those who were able to and wanted to participate. Yeah. We just did it on a Zoom call. And uh, we we got some cool things. You want to talk about what you got? Yeah, Ben got me a nice set of beard things, which uh, I've been using. I've been really enjoying the sandalwood uh, beard uh, oil. Yes, they're scented like sandals. Sa- sandal. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stupid. That's a reference to something I'm not even going <laughs> to cite. I'm not going to do it. But uh, yeah, it's, it smells like sandals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't not say it like that. Uh, smells really good. It's like a balm and an oil and the shampoo. I haven't used a shampoo yet because I keep forgetting what I'm in the a shower. Specifically, to use beard shampoo. Yeah, right. Uh, so shampoo for your little face. And I, I trimmed up my beard the other day. I actually yeah. ran it by my sister because she was over at uh, we had a first birthday party for my little niece, mm-hmm. and uh, I asked my sister, "I right, have a look. How did I do?" And she said, "Look left, look right, look left. Okay, look right again." <laughs> and she did like four times, and she's like, "Pretty good, a little high on this side." I'm like, "Okay, I'll take it." Because uh, I I think I don't know if my eyes are positioned weird on my head, but I cannot like look in the mirror sideways and see my beard. It's just kind of hard to do. <laughs> your eyes are positioned weird on your head. I might have just narrow eyes. No, they're just positioned looking straight ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> other people shave their beards and they can see the sides of their head. <laughs> I can't see the sides of my head. My God. I'm like that fish that has both eyes on one side. I like can't figure I'm it out. I'm going to get you like an angled mirror so you can... Yeah, I need like a thing that's like a four panel surround mirror so I can see my beard while I'm trimming it. 
Okay. I don't really need that. We'll work on we'll this. take that off the list. Uh, what would you like for your birthday, though? Let's put the, let's do this on air. <laughs> oh, God, it's almost birthday time. It is almost birthday time. Passing up 33, the age that Jesus died. So you're going to be better than Jesus after all. I'm going to break his record of being of alive. <laughs> yes. Because that's the most important thing. Yeah. That's how long he lived. <laughs> Making it to 34. Nothing after that matters. I shouldn't speak so soon. There's... Still, like two whole weeks for me to die. So I, sh- I should. With any luck, <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun. Um. Okay. So we got off the topic of the New Year's, but I wasn't quite done yet because oh, we yeah. talked about what you got. Right. I didn't get to talk about what I got. Sure. I got this sweater that I've been wearing for three whole days because <laughs> I'm a scuzz bucket. Uh, it's a very very nice sweater. It is nice. It's uh, Trish made it for me. It's like a light colored, like a white, but it has like light pink and blue um, tie-dye. Tie-dye. And it's really cool. And it says Melsky's Auto Repair. Yeah. Which for uh, like-minded nerds is the neighbors of Joe Para in his TV show. Mm-hmm. Which the Melskis. Joe Para. Is Ta- it talks, talks to with, you? Yeah, talks with you. Yeah. With you. Somehow that with, with feels important. Because yeah. it does well, feel like a little conversation with a, your weird friend. Yeah, so um, she made me that, and it's the Melsky's part is red and shiny. Yeah, it's really nice. And I like it. I have this gut feeling that that should be washed inside out. Yes, and I feel like I'm going to look up how to best wash it, but I'm probably not going to dry it. Yeah. I'll hang dry it. Might even be a good like hand wash. Yeah. we got to get one of those washboards. With the that you like go like an rick, old ricker, timey. Ricker, with yeah yeah. What do you think the odds are of either of us actually doing that? Unlikely. Yeah, that's deeply unlikely. Thought. That's what I thought too. Uh huh. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Beat Saber mm-hmm. on our Oculus Quest. Yeah, that's been fun. I can now play on hard in some expert level songs. I'm not super good at it yet. Just watching videos of that stresses me out as, like, a former DDR kid. Like, I just cannot. I It stresses me out how fast it gets. The thing is, you get used to it quicker than you think you do. Because mm-hmm. I remember, I haven't been playing for very long. And I started on normal level mm-hmm. and was really difficult. And then I started playing the um, the campaign mode. And they kind of ramp you up in difficulty. Yeah, most and of those so, games do. And so, like, what I ended up having to do is, like, when I got to a point where I wasn't quite there yet, I would go into just, like, solo mode and practice. And then I I got up to, like, hard quicker than I thought I would. That's what he said. <sighs> um, Come on. And now moving on to extra. <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> So I'm getting there. It's fun yeah. to play, though, and it's actually decent exercise. I really want to do the thing. I, I kind of want to get that game for PC so that it's easier to mod so that I can get all these, like, tracks that people write yeah. for it and then tether it from the PC to the, the Quest. The Oculus Quest is sweet. We yeah. need to get our second one. I want the second one. We could be playing competitive Beat Saber with each other. Yeah, you have to play in the first place. Yeah, right. Well, I don't That's my really goal for totally today. want to. That's my goal for today. I don't get you to play Beat Saber. I don't totally want to, and I don't know why. 
there's I a, think you'll like it if you just do it. You have like a mental block. I think it well like I love the demo. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But I think a big part of it is like how stressful again it's a DDR thing of like I was really into a rhythm game that like I spent way too much time being very competitive with myself about. So I I want it to be fun and I'm afraid it won't remain fun. The thing is even like I get frustrated occasionally when there's like something I'm trying like a goal I'm trying to get for the campaign mode and I just can't fucking do it. We're gonna look so weird though standing in the same room with like I mean no one else is gonna see us but just yeah. both of us wearing VR headsets like that scene in uh, just like windmilling. <laughs> like, like what was it uh, what was that Schwarzenegger Tron? movie? Oh. What? <laughs> I said Tron? No it was the Schwarzenegger movie where he has like VR sex with that woman. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm ta- um, What's the one where you get your ass to Mars? What's the one? Total Recall. Okay. There's like a thing where like in the future, like no one fucks anymore because of uh, getting like diseases on their dingle dangs. So they just do VR sex with each other. Do you know that you, there's like ways to prevent that, right? Not in the future. There's no condoms in the future? No. There's no such thing. (laughs) A whole generation of men were like, no, condoms aren't, they don't do what they're supposed to do. And then people just started believing it. So dudes just didn't have to wear condoms. Instead, you just couldn't have actual sex because some selfish dudes didn't want to put a condom on. But like in the future where the boys just want to fuck in the video games, that seems real to me. That's that's just going to happen. I mean, you can do that. That's <laughs> fine. But don't make it so the rest of the world can't have sex. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like no one can. I think it's just like, oh, the savvy <laughs> the savvy people of the future have figured out to just interface with their brains. I'm going to tell everyone a secret. Virtual sex is not going to be as good. <laughs> it's not going to be as good. You know, let's have a serious conversation about this. Because I think if you can interface directly with your brain... Every experience can be just as real as in Mm-mm. the flesh. Like everything. But what are you putting your dick in? <laughs> you're not. You're putting your mental facsimile of your dick into something that doesn't exist. Mm-mm. You're, you're uh, the s- somatic sort of like nope. mapping of where your dick should be. Nah, take your somatic shit, throw it out the window. <laughs> Throw your somatic you got, dick out. You got all those nerves in your sense. dick for a reason, is what I'm saying. Hmm. I don't know. I, I can see in the future people are like, we don't do some of these things anymore in real life because they were too dangerous. We just do them in the in, with our brains. No. You don't think that, that's going to happen? No. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds. Like, like, okay, here, let's take a different example than like skydiving. Okay, yeah, fine. But that's a lot different. <laughs> That's totally different. I don't think they're that different. It's totally different. One is like a something we are biologically made to do yeah. and have impulses for. And yeah. the other is a thrill-seeking activity that not everyone wants to do in the first place. And not everyone wants to have sex either. But like one of these is biologically wired and one of these is a thrill-seeking activity. I don't think those are that different. I don't. <clears throat> It's not the same. We've arrived at an impasse. Yes. <laughs> I think I think to get through this weird argument we've gotten into, uh, we should play a game. Okay. Bury the hatchet, you know? Bury the hatchet. With a competitive Is that a little game. No. Well, 
It wasn't meant to be, but you could take it as one if you'd like. Okay, I will. If you're calling your dick a hatchet now. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I take back? Dick? No. Nope. The hatchet. That. <laughs> That's like really awful, isn't it? I don't want that. I don't want <laughs> I don't want my genitals to be a sharpened blade of any kind. I second that. Cool. So are we gonna play this game or what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So what I thought we'd play a little game called uh, Trues and Fnoos. Sounds intriguing. Did I stop recording? Nope, I'm still recording. All right, great. <laughs> Just like reaching across the room to hit a button. We've been doing this now for like three years. And we and haven't gotten better. <laughs> I still don't have a system that's better than like reaching all the way across to the desk to tap buttons with my pointer finger. Baby, huh? we should have brought the grabby hand. You cannot manipulate a keyboard with the grabby hands. You can't. <laughs> okay, fair. It's a skill thing. I don't think it can be done easily. Just saying I got a grabby hand for Christmas from my mom. Yep. Because I was complaining about how I can't reach anything. Hilariously, I was also going to buy you a grabby hand. Yes. Everyone knows that short people problems are real. Yes. Especially when you live with a tall person and they put things very I'm high. I'm not that tall. You're taller than me sure. and you don't understand my plight. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Well, hold on. Wait, hold on. Because if what you're talking about is things in the cabinets, I didn't put the cabinets there. <laughs> no, but you place things that I use fairly regularly in places that are difficult for me to reach. Okay, what's the number one so I can stop doing that? What's the number one thing that you can't reach for? That well, needs the to recent go on one was shelf? syrup. <laughs> <laughs> but I used my grabby hand and it was fine. Okay. You really did? You used the grabby hand to get the syrup? Yeah, I told you that. Man, I just, I wasn't 100% sure it was real. I used it multiple times. That's pretty great. Yeah. I love my grabby hand. <laughs> it's very useful. And I spent the rest of Christmas night <clears throat> after receiving it, messing with Dave with it, and it was my favorite gift. Scritching my head, mm -hmm. grabbing my beard. Tweaking things. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uncomfortable. Grabbing the dog's tail. <laughs> yeah. The gag was that I was going to wake up and you were going to be, like, pinching at me with the grabby hands. <clears throat> Don't put it past me yet. I'm still not sure it hasn't happened. I'm a heavy sleeper. It hasn't happened yet. I'm sorry. i got to blow my nose. <clears throat> It hasn't happened yet, but I'm not saying that it won't. I. We were going to play a game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a game. Tell me about Trues and Fnews, this brand new thing I've never heard of. All right. I'm surprised you've never heard of it because mm. Trues and Fnews is a game, fun little game sweeping the nation, an internet game in which I will tell you three news headlines, two will be false, the Fnews, one is true, the Fnew, the Trues, and you're going to tell me which is which. <laughs> I almost called the Trues the Fnews. <laughs> So it's fnoos and fnoos now. I see. <laughs> There's just no winning. There's no winning. You can't. There All is no of truce. them are fake. <laughs> April Fools, maybe. We'll see. Fnoos and fnoos is a good April fnoos Fools game. Everybody loses. <laughs> uh, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. <sighs> Number one. Communist Cookie Monster Mural Mystery Sparks Ire in Illinois. <laughs> okay. Number two. Quaint New Hampshire Community Boycotts Local Nut Stand for Spicy Signage that Declares You Should Put Our Nuts in Your Mouth. 
<laughs> that might be real. Number three. Estranged father attempts to pull off a Mrs. Doubtfire, violating restraining order and landing himself in jail. Whoa. If that's real, that's like insane. <clears throat> okay. You ready for the recap? Yeah, let's hear him again. Number one. Communist cookie monster mural mystery sparks ire in Illinois. <laughs> Number two. Quaint New Hampshire community boycotts local nut stand for spicy signage that declares you should put our nuts in your mouth. Mm. Number three, estranged father attempts to pull off a Mrs. Doubtfire, violating restraining order and landing himself in jail. See, that's the thing is, that's what would happen. That's what would happen. Like, Mrs. Doubtfire is all cute and all, and it's like, oh, he just really <laughs> loves his kids. But it's like, no, he's actually a fucking psychopath. Who lies to everyone in his life. <laughs> well, you've seen the trailer of Mrs. Doubtfire made into a horror movie. No, but it makes more you've sense You've never that seen way. that? No. They just put like creepy music behind it and it's really fucking good. Isn't it amazing how you could, if you just change the music behind something, it totally. The score matters. Yeah. It's, I think it's one of the most important tools in filmmaking because it just. I'm going to show you that video later. It's really funny. <laughs> I'm sure that there's a hello with a like. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. But we will find out. No, but that guy's actually like a huge asshole and like yeah. almost kills her new boyfriend, the mom's new boyfriend, yes. who is Pierce Brosnan, mm -hmm. because he's allergic to cayenne pepper. Mm -hmm. so, he, he earned that divorce. Oh, yeah. He earned it. What happens at the end? Do you remember? Do they like get back together or does he just like be like, nah, I'm going to be a normal dad I, now? I think she allows him to... See the kids. I don't think they get back together. That's crazy. But she like relents a little bit. Just imagine being like, you know what? And he you, gets like you, a TV show. Oh, he gets it. Oh, that's right. Because he was like a like a uh, either a puppeteer or an actor or something like that. And he was just like yeah. down on his luck kind of thing. Yeah. But basically, the reason they're getting a divorce is because he was like unemployed and acting like another child that she was having to raise. It would undermine her yeah. every step of the way. Like a horrible dad. Right. Well, like he Not was a supportive. fun dad, but he wasn't a good co-parent. Sure. Yeah, right. He was not a partner. Being a good he dad was, is, is not just about being child. fun. It's about yeah. raising your kids <laughs> like yes and like and not being a hindrance to the person trying to do the raising with you <laughs> yeah. no that's uh that's like like people real. yeah your partner should not have to also be mothering you mm -hmm. that's like the most exhausting thing in the world yeah no yeah anyway Anyway. Any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> now that we've uh, completely shit all over the real life uh, premise of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I... I mean, I love that movie and I oh, watched yeah. it a lot as a kid. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's not realistic. I'm shitting on the premise, not yeah. the movie. Yes. They execute on the premise perfectly. Yes. And um, only Robin Williams can make that annoying of a character likable. <laughs> yeah. Robin Williams is likability factor. Yeah, it matters. Um, I have a guess. I'm probably wrong, but I don't know. I feel like communist cookie monster is a real thing. And, uh, someone would think that that's like, kind of like interesting and artsy and other people would be like, no, this Antifa has taken over my town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going with communist cookie monster and I can see by your face. I'm wrong. You're actually right. Oh, whoa. You're just real bad at reading my face. I guess so. 
But you're you're not quite right about the details of why it's caused ire, but you are right. <laughs> um, so what actually happened is that an artist mm-hmm. named Joshua Hawkins was um, commissioned by a building owner who, by the name of Nate, mm-hmm. to make this mural. And it's like a, you know, the communist style posters. And there's yeah. like a, a yeah, take like on a... stars and like uh, Yeah, there's like and, a take on a Lenin quote and it has Cookie Monster on it. It's really funny. The block lettering like from Tetris, all that shit. <laughs> and it's in like acrylic or whatever. Yeah. So um, he, he does the mural. It looks great. And then he gets an angry call from the building owner saying... What the fuck did you paint on my building? And he's like, I painted what you paid me. This guy already has the money, by the way. He's been paid. He he communicated with the building owner. I don't know if he met him in person. Mm-hmm. He was introduced to him. The guy said he was Nate. He was given the money. He It was a big commission, apparently. And he painted the mural. And then the building owner comes back to him and says... <laughs> I did not pay you to put a mural on my building. And he was oh, like, at all? He was like, uh, I have the money. That's why I did the mural. Apparently, the person who paid him for the mural, we will call owner. him Fake Nate, yeah, <laughs> and right. is not the owner of the building. That's awesome. But he did pay him very real money for it. So the owner of the building is like, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they painted over it. Painted that section white, and um, they're going to put a different approved-of mural that they haven't decided what it will be in that spot um, next spring. But the best part of this is the fact that... So the artist says he didn't put any coating on top of the mural. Like, he didn't do anything to it aside from paint it. They hadn't done anything to it. They can't keep it covered? No. So they painted white over it and then it there was like a big storm and it rained and it washed all the white away, but the mural was in place. Mm. And so it seems that either fake Nate, the fake building owner, or someone else hired by the fake building owner put an anti-graffiti coating on top of yeah. the mural. And uh, it, it keeps paint from adhering properly Uh so what you would be able to do to remove that would be like high pressure wash yeah to get the coat off unfortunately the type of material the wall is made out of parts of it are too thin to withstand that so you'd blow away they're not going to be able to do that (laughs) so they're going to have to low pressure like scoriate it and remove it and then remove the mural and then like paint on top of it that's amazing. This is like a whole process. <laughs> so I don't know what person just had a bunch of money and like hates that building owner. <laughs> yeah. No, it's still a mystery. No one knows who fake Nate is, but I think it's fucking hilarious. It might not even be personal against the building owner. It might just be like, I wanted right. this up and this is a wall and I thought I yeah. could convince someone to do it there. But also to have the forethought to be like, also, you're not covering it easily. Yeah. That's and really I'm sure good. they didn't know necessarily that like that wall's not going to be able to be pressure washed, but... You know, you couldn't do this during any other time. 
right now, <sighs> like no one's downtown looking at their building. And this took place this. in uh, Peoria, Illinois, by the way. Okay. I'm sitting here thinking of like what would communist cookie monster say? And I keep thinking of things like seize the means of cookie production. <laughs> Um, it, what it actually said was something like, uh, oh, world life cookies or something like that. It was, it was a take on a, a Lenin quote and I can't remember exactly, but let me show you the picture of the mural because I bet it looks great. It's a good mural and the artist Joshua Hawkins is, he's good. Um, (laughs) that makes it all the better that they are having a hard time getting rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like a that looks great it's like a yellow and red background it's like rays of red and then like thicker rays of yellow yeah all originating from behind cookie monster like a large cookie monster who's holding a cookie that has like rays shooting out of it <laughs> and there's like um his eyes are predictably all you know going askew. different directions yeah. yeah there's like a skyline behind him and then there's uh writing like russian like cyrillic script cyrillic of script. some kind and uh i need to find out what it says <laughs> <laughs> cuz i forget what I it love says it. It just in peoria illinois yeah, Which but I don't the, know this much is about. after they painted over it. Yeah. And then there's an update after this one. This is from the artist Facebook. There's an update after that one in which the mural was back because the rain washed <laughs> the white paint away. I love it. I really love that a lot. Whoever masterminded this <clears throat> did a great job. They were probably the one that applied a coating to the surface of the thing, right? Either them or they they or the got someone lying. to do it. Artists could be lying. Yeah. Artists could be entirely responsible I, for the whole thing, which would be great. I mean, the the thing is, I believe him that he got paid for it. It's like that he hired a crew to help him do it because yeah. he had extra money because he got paid so much. Like you don't just shell out that much money for that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't remember where I saw what the script said, but it was somewhat based on a Lenin quote. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. New that... York Times even wrote an article about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> really know funny. anything about Peoria, Illinois, but I imagine it's like a mid-sized town. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. I can't believe I got that one. Uh, but it did feel very real. (laughs) Yeah. And it's exactly the kind of thing that would like really freak someone out or like the right kind of person. Right. Just like people are all communism in this country is like, (laughs) it's like a a boogeyman thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just immediately freaks out people of a certain stripe. And then especially right now, because it's like, (laughs) yeah, anytime you want any kind of social reform, it's, yeah. Socialist. Communism. Yeah. yeah. So. My freedom. Yes. Uh, that. Fantastic. That was uh, that was a good one. I can't believe you didn't think it was the spicy signage that said you should put our nuts in your mouth. The thing is, I do believe. Well, the thing <clears> is, <throat> I bet that's everywhere, but I didn't think it would make a news story. That's the only reason I didn't guess it is I'm like, I don't think this would make the news, but like there's plenty of people pissed off at salacious nut marketing. Salacious, <laughs> salacious nut, marketing. nut marketing. That's an interesting phrase. It's, it's a real problem. It's a pandemic of its own. 
uh, new band name, Salacious Not Marketing. <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, all right. Well, why don't we take a break? This is going to be a very short goose chase. It's all right. We're just like getting back in the swing of it. We'll just, it's just, it's not a long episode. We but can I thought fill it was... in the extra time by playing like the mouth horn. <laughs> we are not going to do that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Uh, all right. We'll take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute yeah. with the main topic for the episode. Stick around. back with a very mini little teeny eensy weensy episode eensy weensy i will also explain a little bit why it's so eensy bitsy why <laughs> uh so the reason is i had a bigger episode planned and then i just was overwhelmed by it and it made me feel really stupid it was just like so what it is is whenever you're talking about like uh philosophy or like some of these like really niche disciplines where like the terminology is all weird and like you don't even have like the fundamentals to understand it's, how to talk about it. It's hard to get a starting point because you feel like you have to learn a whole new language and background and culture before you can. Yeah. That's how I felt doing the David Icke episode. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they like redefine every aspect of language to where you like. I started by trying to watch a YouTube video of his just to like to get an idea of what he was all about. And like within minutes, it's just like within less than a minute, I was like, I don't understand <laughs> like what he's talking about. And yeah. it, it does make you feel stupid because like it, you feel like something's over your head, mm -hmm. but what it actually is in that case, I don't know about the topic you were Not looking into in that case. It's just like utter gibberish that no one understands. Yeah. And it's meant to overwhelm you, so you think they know something you don't know, but it, that wasn't the case. Well, there may be some of that with the topic I was going to do. I think I'm going to eventually do it for another episode. Okay. I am going to, like, tuck it away for later because I feel like it's worth talking about. Um, and I will mention it was that based on that odd little book that we got from okay. Kirsten. That it's called The Alchemical Wedding... Of Christian Rosencruz, mm -hmm. which is this strange little pamphlet with like no attributed authorship. I found out later it was edited in 1616. Oh my god! Um, and it has survived throughout the ages. And it was it's part of it's tied to Rosicrucianism, which we talked about in the past. Yes. Um, but it's not that. It's more about the publishing house that published it, which got me looking down another you know trail and and gave me something I wanted to talk about, but. Um, but that was just kind of the start for that one, but it was too complicated and I just felt very dumb trying to sort through the language of it. So instead, well, take your time with it. Yeah, right. Exactly. If I'm going to do it, I want to do justice to it. And I didn't think I could like even, cause I was just like skipping over all this information being like, I don't get that. I don't get that. Like instinctively, <laughs> like not reading it cause it was overwhelming. And I'm like, that's not a good way to approach yeah. this show. So, uh, instead I thought I would talk about because it is 2021. It's the beginning of a new year and you know what, 
you know, in a new year, a whole bunch of things happen, right? So people have resolutions and people have things they want to do. And one of the things people want for themselves is good luck in the new year. So I thought, considering the extremely unlucky last year that everyone had, Mm -hmm. and with the eye forward on hoping to have a good year, I would lay out a counterexample of someone with incredibly horribly bad luck to talk about at the beginning of 2021. Because as bad as your 2020 was, I don't know if anyone's, (laughs) I don't know if it can be bad, as bad for anyone as it was for this guy, his life story of of, uh, poor luck. Okay. In, in one specific way, which I'm I'll intrigued. Um, yeah. So, to start with, I have never believed in luck. I really don't. I don't think it's like a thing that can be quantified or added to. I think a lot of people who say they're unlucky, it's just another excuse. Well, for like, like sometimes bad things. The the thing is. If you are an atheist like we are, you accept a certain amount of like randomness that just is. And so there's not this drive to like attribute things to mm-hmm. a being or like a force, a thing, like, a like, force. Yeah, yeah. Like luck is it's I not think fate. Of... It's not luck. It's just like bad things happen to people and good things happen to people. And there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to it. But also, mm-hmm. like, sometimes things happen as a result of your actions. And some people use bad luck as an excuse. Yeah. And I, and I would say that luck is like <laughs> a way of trying to describe what can feel like patterns that arise out or like the patterns you can find in other events, you know? Yeah. If those events are a series of unpleasant ones and you can kind of, uh, ascribe them to something like bad luck. It's, it's like, it's part of our pattern. You can find a connection or a pattern. Same for good luck. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was wearing this stinky Jersey. Every time that this team played. Right, things like that. It's, it's part and of our... They lost 23 times, but on the four times that they won, I was wearing that stinky jersey. There's a great episode of It's Always Sunny about the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And everyone having to do their crazy things. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a two-parter, and the it also features Charlie doing a Home Alone. <laughs> because he gets left at the bar by accident when everyone else goes to the game. And so he... Home Alone's the bar. <laughs> That's right. I think um, I remember that episode. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So while I don't subscribe to luck as an idea, like as a force that like, you know, has any influence on things that happen to us, I think this guy's story goes like well into the like improbably <laughs> unfortunate territory. Yeah, um, right. I'm uh, hunkering down and getting really nice and cozy over okay. here. Uh, yeah, you're like slid all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this, you've probably heard about this, but you might not know all the details. This is the story of the Guinness record holder for most recorded lightning strikes on a human body. Hmm. Um, it's seven. He was struck by lightning in his lifetime seven times and survived all of them. Uh, actually eight, but he doesn't count the eighth one, um, which I'll talk about later. Uh, 
Because he didn't survive that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, he, um, he, uh, no, yeah, that's, it just happened when it was like he couldn't verify it with anyone else. Uh, so, uh, the man with the record for surviving lightning strikes is a guy <sighs> named Roy Sullivan. Uh, he was born in Greene County, Virginia, and he uh, served as a park ranger in the Shenandoah National Forest uh, starting in 1936. Well, there's your first problem. What? Spending lots of time around trees. So, yeah, right there, and I'll just, I guess I'll just get it out of the way early. There's plenty of reason to think that maybe he was at a higher likelihood of being struck higher by lightning risk. than the average Although person. it's still weird. There are plenty of people who are forest rangers that don't get struck by lightning seven times. Exactly. So you can start off with the, the idea that, like, well, sure, he's outside a lot, but this shit doesn't happen to other people. Didn't even happen to other people that worked with him, mm-hmm. um, which makes it so baffling. Um, and there's evidence, by the way, that this happened. There's like, you know, he would show up being like, got hit again. And there's like a fucking black burn through his hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it is. I'll, I'll talk about it more, but. It's it. You would be skeptical, but like he kept filing reports with his supervisor, being like, <laughs> "I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh." I'll, I'll get this out of the way. No, right. it seems. I'm sure it's terrible, but it is. It's funny <clears throat> because it's so like unlikely, yeah. and it's comical in that like way of like, "Oh my god, this poor guy!" Like, <laughs> I'll I'll provide a little context up front because I feel like I have to in order to like. Explain, because the thing is, he didn't, He, I don't think he had a happy life, and he died of suicide. Oh. Which is, which is sad. And, like, I don't want this episode to feel like, because there is some stuff that's genuinely funny and how improbable and bad it is. Right. But I don't want it to come across as disrespectful to Roy no, Sullivan. No, it's, it's that kind of thing of, like, it's so bizarre that it keeps happening, and that's why it's funny. It's not like laughing at him. It's right. awful that it happened to him so many times. Yeah. But it's like, that. no, this shouldn't happen. It's just cosmically bad fortune, and on some level, that's irresistibly funny. Maybe just to a certain kind of person. Maybe that's just... Is there any, like, biological reason? Have they discussed any like biological reason why he might be more likely to be struck by lightning it is not known and i'll get into that too a little bit just a bit uh towards the end um but no no one knows why this happened to him he didn't know why it happened to him and it happened so many times that it like really it defied logic it also probably really fucked him up physically. I mean, that's not easy on your body. <laughs> it seems like for the most part, he didn't like he would get injured, but he like it didn't debilitate him as far as I can tell. But what would that do to your brain? That's a legitimate question. And something that occurred to me is like he, he died, like I said, of, of suicide of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if there was any neurological consequence to it. But I don't want to, I, I really, really want to be careful not to right. speculate. Right. We we can't know. But I mean, so my thing is, obviously, electroshock therapy is a thing that you can do. And we know the electrical impulses can affect the brain. In the yeah. case of electroshock therapy, it's very specifically done. Yeah, it's targeted. If, like, electricity courses through your whole body. Mm-hmm. 
there's no saying what it would or wouldn't do. Yeah. Especially if it happens multiple times, like you can't know what the effect of that yeah. would be. Not to mention that like lightning is like 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit or something I read. It's like hotter than the surface of the sun, maybe. Like it's crazy hot. <laughs> um, So there's like real physical damage that happens when someone is struck by lightning. Yeah. But it's brief. So it's kind of like it's intense, but it's, it's brief. So there's, I don't know. It's hard to know what happens when you're struck once, let alone seven times. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a picture of him on his Wikipedia article. There's several pictures of him online. Uh, the Wikipedia described him as a brawny man with a broad, rugged face who resembled the actor Gene Hackman. And I think that's true. He looks a lot like Gene Hackman. Uh, hmm. I also like in one picture where he's like kind of looking down a little bit. He looks a lot like uh, LBJ. I don't know. He's got like I that kind of look him up. Yeah, sure. Uh, Roy Sullivan. You'll find him real quickly, but don't read too deep because I'm not going to read. I just want to see a picture. I'm I'm literally going to click on images. I apologize for being sniffly. I have had like a a itchy sinus that makes me sneeze for like four months and I don't know why. It's just bugging me. I see a little bit of Gene Hackman. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the pictures where he's looking straight on at the camera. There's he looks like Gene Hackman. But also, and I saw one picture of the result of being I think struck by lightning. I think that's someone else. I'm not sure. Don't don't look too much into it. I'm not. Okay. But it's a picture of someone having been struck by lightning, whether it's him <laughs> or not. It is very intense. Mm. So, uh, like I said, he has the Guinness World Record because they're all documented by his superintendent. That's like how they're able to yeah. assign him the record is because. Of any other people who he struck keeps a lot, telling his work that he was struck by lightning. Yeah, it's like filed on paper, and there's like evidence of it, like trees that are ripped up near where he was and stuff. Um, like I said, he has a record for seven. The first time he got struck by lightning, he was a child. He was helping his father like thresh wheat in the field, and he had a sigh in his hand. And lightning struck the sigh, but didn't injure him, didn't hurt him. It, it went just went through. through. Yeah, so he doesn't count that one. And okay. he couldn't prove it even if he wanted to, you know, so but but basically eight times uh, I am going to detail to you. And part of the reason this is a short episode is there's not that much about this guy. There's a lot about like the events that happened to him, these specific things. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that much about him outside of that because he's just an ordinary dude. He's a dude. Yeah. But I'm going to detail for you each of the seven lightning strikes for a stranger, dude. First one happens when he's on the job in April of 1942. Uh, he's hiding from a thunderstorm in like a fire watchtower. You know what I mean? One of those like mm. where they look out for forest fires. Uh, but it was newly built and it didn't have a lightning rod. So it didn't have oh. like they would normally build a conductive lightning rod. You yeah. know, um, it was struck by lightning around him like seven or eight times. And inside the tower, there's just fire all over the place. Oh, no. So he naturally, I think, panics and runs out of the burning tower and just gets a few feet away. And he receives what he considers his worst lightning strike ever, which is it it burned a half inch strip all along his right leg. Oh, it hit his toe and it left a hole in his shoe. I didn't, I guess, realize that like lightning could do something like that, but it blew a hole through his shoe on the way out. Oh, my goodness. So pretty intense. Um, That's strike number one. Again, that's 1942. 
Second one doesn't happen until 1969, so 27 years later. Okay. So it's like kind of enough time for you to be like, whoa, that one time I got struck by lightning. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, that is a, already a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence where, like, most people don't know someone who's been struck by lightning. Right. It's it's good. It's good cocktail party fodder. <laughs> yeah, it's a like, great story. Oh, my friend Roy. Yeah, you know him. He was struck by lightning. Yeah. And, and when 27 years goes by... You never expect it to happen again. But right. by 27 years, you're like, that'll never happen again. Right. Um, he gets hit July 1969. He was uh, inside his truck. This is unusual because typically a truck acts like a Faraday cage where it will insulate someone inside from the right. electric shock. Right. Um, it'll, you know. Because it's grounded. Yeah, right. It'll hit the top. It'll go through. It'll go around the outside of the vehicle. It won't like go through the middle of the vehicle. Yeah. But that's the reason it's it happened and it's unusual is because his so it hit the lightning hit a nearby tree and then because his window was down because he was he was listening for sounds outside you know it went into the vehicle from the outside um, it knocked him unconscious and he idled up to the edge of a cliff oh no he woke up like idled up to the edge of a cliff in Oof. his truck. Yeah, right. That's horrifying. Pretty bad. It burned off his eyebrows and eyelashes, too. Oh. So he had that weird look of someone with no eyebrows. Um, Did they grow back? Yes. Yes. He. he, he and I'll <laughs> tell you how I know that. It's because they catch fire again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. This poor guy. <laughs> it's... Uh, I'm. I really want to stress, I feel very bad for Roy Sullivan, but it's also just cosmically horrible luck. Right. It's it's the thing of, again, like, something so bizarre that you have to laugh at it because it's, yeah. like... It's absurd. so unlikely for it to happen and awful that it happened. Yeah. So that was July 1969. One year later, Aww. he's in his front yard... I think he said he was doing some gardening or something. It's so weird that it's not even localized, too. It's right, not like those... he's always in the forest or he's always near that particular place. Like, Yep, those two happened on the job and presumably at slightly different places at least. Because mm -hmm. um, one he was driving and the other he was like in, in the tower. a tower. Yeah. So different enough locations. Now he's at home. He lives, by the way, in a place called Dooms, Virginia. <laughs> which... I had moved from there. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> it seems like ominous. Um, he, uh, he's in his front yard, lightning hits a nearby power transformer, and then it arcs to his left shoulder, searing it. Oh. So he's got, like, a severe burn on his left shoulder. Um, he reports this also to his supervisor, which I think is interesting because it happens at home. But I guess once you've already been struck twice and the person you told about it was your boss, you're like, hey, it happened again. Let's get it. And on. also you might not be able to go into work if you have like a severe burn on your shoulder or yeah. something like. Yeah, it's relevant. Or it might impair your work. It's relevant to your life and you probably need to tell your boss. Yeah. That, oh, like I. And who knows if they're like closer, if they're friend, you know, if he's like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah. struck by lightning again. It just might be something you share with people you're close enough to. I also like I read somewhere. Something to the effect of, like, this guy, the, his supervisor, like, did not necessarily serve as the active supervisor for the entirety of all of these events, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he was, like, 
semi-retired or working somewhere else, but he kept reporting them to this guy. He might have just been someone he was fairly close to, and he was like, hey, you know about the other ones, so I need to tell you that yeah. this happened again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so then here's lightning strike number four. That was, the last one was July 1970. Now it's spring 72, two years later. He's working inside a ranger station. He's indoors. <laughs> and he's struck again in the building. Um, it set his hair on fire. So he tried to smother the flames with his jacket and he couldn't. And so he oh. ran to the bathroom and he couldn't fit his head under the tap. So he like soaked a towel and like put his flaming head out with a wet towel. That's incredibly quick thinking. Well, I guess when your head's on fire. I know, but like you would be in a state of panic to be able to think to do anything to actually put it out is still impressive. It's also not the guy's first rodeo on some level. So he's like, oh, God, this I guess he has a little more experience than Um, most, but still. Like, he thought to notice his hair was on fire. So that says something. Um, It uh, it said here in the entry, although he was never a fearful man, after the fourth strike, he began to believe some force was trying to destroy him and acquired a fear of death. Oh. Which is sad and totally understandable. Totally. Totally normal. (laughs) Right? Something that, like, doesn't happen that often and happens to you so many times. Totally normal. I mean, four alone is like, I'll tell you the odds later. It's insane. Um, So I I just really believe there has to be a physical reason why it would happen to him. Whether or not we know it, there's got to be a physical reason why he's more likely to have it happen. It seems like it has to be the case. It seems like there has, because like. So our bodies have an electrical charge. Sure. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. And everyone's field. is like, you know, generally the same, but slightly different. And you can have all kinds of different things that affect it. Like, yeah, you, like, you know, you can wear down metals and stuff with your sweat and yeah. like just so there's all kinds of things biologically going on with you that don't really affect your day to day but you could have like a weird imbalance yeah that might make you more likely to be struck by lightning i guess i don't really know but i, I feel like there has to be something well, it's just too bizarre anecdotally i think people that are struck by lightning once are more likely to be struck more than once but i don't know that that's totally true actually I, I should have looked that up. I thought it was up. still very unlikely to be struck again. Oh, it's 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 unlikely to be struck at all. But I yeah. think once you've been struck once, <laughs> the odds go up. And that might have, again, something to do with the fact that if you're the kind of person who is in a place to be struck by lightning, maybe yeah. it's likely to happen to you more than once. Maybe. I don't know. And I should have looked that up while I was researching this. But maybe that's something for another time. Um so for months after this one, the one where he got struck indoors, he would, uh, you know, if there was a storm while he was out driving, he would like pull over and lay down on the front seat and just like hope not to get hit by lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, he started to believe he would attract it even if he was in a crowd of people like it would go to him like he was just sure of it. And he started carrying a can of water with him in case he got set on fire again. <sighs> so like this is on and his this, mind a lot. And the thing is. That's, like, totally reasonable. Those are all reasonable ways to behave when that has happened to you multiple times. Exactly. Like, 
from the outside, there might be some people who are like, oh, oh, he worries too much. Uh, If you've caught on fire because you've been struck by lightning four times, like, yeah, I would keep a can of water handy, too. Like, yeah, I would also be terrified of being struck by lightning. again. And again, to stress this, he will be struck three more times by lightning before he dies. (sighs) Unbelievable. Um, So here's number five. That last one, like I said, was in spring 72. This is now August of 73. So this is like a yearly occurrence now for this guy. Um, He's out on patrol in the park. He sees a storm cloud forming out in the park. Mm -hmm. So he drives away. He's running away from a cloud, which is such a crazy fear for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, When he thought he had finally outrun the cloud, he decided it was safe to leave the truck. Right after that, he gets struck by a lightning bolt. Uh, He said he actually saw the bolt that hit him. Like, he saw it come down because he was obviously, like, looking for it. Uh, It moved down his left arm and left leg and knocked his shoe off of his foot, then crossed over to his right leg just below the knee. Uh, But it didn't knock him unconscious. Uh, He was still conscious. So he crawled to his truck and poured the can of water that he had handy over his head, which was on fire. So good thinking to have the water. Good thing he had it. Yeah, but like nuts that he actually used it. Like that that he needed it. Yeah, right. Exactly that he needed to have and was able to use the can of water. Who else has a can of water that they keep on them in case they catch fire? What a bizarre existence. Yeah. Also, ten percent of lightning strikes are fatal. By the way, and Uh this guy was struck. Seven times. Eight, technically. And, Eight. And lived. Every, you know, I mean, all none of these are the thing that killed him, which is astonishing. So this is one of the things about really unlucky people and unlucky stories. And I've seen this, like, I was looking up something else. I was looking up a guy who actually is referred to as the unluckiest man in the world. He's this Croatian guy who, like, has survived all these crazy disasters. And they actually kind of dispute his accounts because mm-hmm. uh, there's not evidence that some of the things he said happened to him actually happened. Right. But... He said of himself, you know, I'm either the unluckiest man who ever lived or I'm the luckiest man that ever lived. And you could look at this story that way. Like this dude was improbably struck by lightning, you know, to a statistically nearly impossible number of times. But he also survived all of them. Yeah. How do you square? That's the thing about luck and things like this that are like right. not. Are you lucky because you survived something that kills would yeah. You know, kills people a fairly high percentage of the time, or are you unlucky because it keeps happening? <laughs> right. You can look at it both ways. Um, also, it. I did some quick Googling. <laughs> it seems We're co-hosting. That, yes. You're not more likely to be struck by lightning if you're struck by lightning once. What makes it seem like it is if you're a person who is in more high-risk situations. Oh, okay, but like... But but that that is what I was saying, though, is that people who are struck by lightning are more likely to be struck again. It's just not that it's any likelier. It's that it, it's it's it, they're more likely to be struck again if they're like someone who's always out in a yeah, storm, yeah, yeah. like that kind of thing. It's not because they were struck by lightning. Right. It's just if you continue to be in a situation where you're around lightning more. Yeah. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. Yeah. It's not that you're you have a higher attraction you're just exposed to, lightning. to it more. Yeah, exactly. You had right. the same odds the whole time, except 
that you are rolling the dice more times. And there are people that have been struck more than once. It's not like he's the only one, but still, it is odd. Yeah, it Continue just feels on, odd. though. Um, number six. This is... So this is now three years later. August 7th, 1973 was the last one. Now it's June 5th of 1976. Um, he gets struck in such a way that it injures his ankle. So he actually did suffer like an injury here. Um, it was reported that he saw a cloud that he thought was following him again, tried to run away and was struck anyway. And his hair caught fire again. This dude's head has been on fire like four times. <sighs> um, and finally, number seven. Did he have water with him that time? Uh, it didn't say. I don't know. I imagine he probably did. So that's June 1976. The last one is the most epic. It might not be his worst strike by his record, but it's the most epic. June 25th, 1977. He's fishing in a freshwater pool outside, obviously. He's struck by lightning while fishing. The lightning hits the top of his head, sets his hair on fire, travels down and burns his chest and stomach. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he turned to his car, I presume to get his water bucket, right? Mm -hmm. When something else unexpected happens, a bear <gasps> approaches the pond and tries to steal his trout. Oh, no. That he has on his fishing line. Stop and think about your seventh lightning strike and then a bear shows up. <laughs> it's really got to feel like divine intervention. It's like, oh, the lightning wasn't enough? <laughs> what the fuck did I do to Mother Nature? It's not even... It gets worse. Oh, my God. Well, it's a, it gets worse in a certain way, which is that the bear, again, it's trying to steal his trout. He had the strength and courage miraculously. I guess when you survive lightning this many times, you think maybe, well, fuck it, you know. He strikes the bear with a tree branch, chases it off, he says this is the 22nd time he has hit a bear with a stick in his life. Also, like, he's he's a yeah, ranger. Sure. Like, you're going to come in contact with <clears throat> bears. Like, he has experience with it, clearly. Yeah. He's had to do it that many times. Someone on Reddit said something like, imagine, like, the fates, like, sending seven lightning bolts and 22 <laughs> bear assassins to try and take you out. <laughs> bear assassins. <laughs> Uh, like, I get that, yeah, he's a park ranger. You're more likely to have to hit a bear. But I don't think that it's, like, necessarily that common that rangers get in a situation where they have to beat a bear with a branch. Yeah. They have precautions, and they make lots of noise, and they have bear spray, and they right. do all these other preventative things so you don't have to hit a bear with a branch. This dude hit 22 bears. <laughs> the last one, after he just survived getting hit by lightning while it was trying to steal his fish. <sighs> you know what? There's some moments when you should just let the fish go. Let the bear have the fish. Put out the fire that's on your head. I'm have priorities. I'm completely with his course of action because it's like, I might be immortal. I think it's brave. <laughs> I I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's just like, I don't think I would have prioritized the trout. But also, I don't know what I would prioritize when I've been hit by lightning seven fucking times. So I just I have enough adrenaline just when I have to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone, let alone I've been hit by lightning. A bear is trying to eat my food <laughs> and I'm on fire. 
I assume he was on fire. He didn't say that. I assume it. Well, you said his hair caught fire again. So. Well, I said he went back to his truck. I'm assuming it's because he was on fire. He was going <laughs> or was just wanting to get the fuck out of there. Right. Um, OK, so that's the seven strikes. Right. Let's talk about how unlikely this is for it to happen to somebody. There are a lot of estimates of how likely you are to be struck by lightning mm-hmm. by different people. And they're calculated different so ways. Essentially, the vaguest one is like one in a million, right? Uh, roughly. It's like the most general. Yeah, it's like not quite accurate, but yeah. So like approximately one in a million. There, uh, the Wikipedia article uh, said that the odds of being struck by lightning in any given year, once in the year, is one in seven hundred thousand. But you know, a National Geographic article I saw said. Um, otherwise, uh, or wait, no, 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 I struck that one out. So, uh, they say the odds of being struck in your lifetime are one in 3000, which seems very high to me. I have a hard time believing if you picked 3000 people, one of them is going to get hit by lightning in their life, but whatever. Um, the national weather service estimates that, uh, one in a million, 222,000 is the odds of being struck in a year. Um, or one in 15,000. 300 in your lifetime. That seems more realistic to me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the CDC says it's it's one in 500,000 every year. So the estimates are like all over the place. And I don't even know how they really calculate this. I assume that they're based somewhat on like the, the number of times it actually happens. Mm-hmm. But even then, like how do you does I mean, do you include every person who didn't get struck by lightning? And then I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, and those are just the U.S. odds, too. Because, you know, it's different everywhere. I looked at a map that showed, like, how much lightning activity happens around the globe. Most of it happens in Africa. Most of it happens in, like, mm. Central Africa. Um, uh, so these are, uh, we're talking about U.S. odds. And the likelihood of being struck by lightning also varies differently in different places. For the reason I just said, like, lightning activity is more or less in different places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh the National Weather Service calculates that the odds of being struck by lightning over a period of 80 years for any person is 1 in 10,000. So that's less than the 15,000 I mentioned earlier. But, you know, like I said, I have no idea how they arrive at these. Um, but let's start with the odds of being hit by lightning in an 80-year span being 1 in 10,000 because it's kind of like the middle approach. And it's, mm. and it's for a full 80 years. Um, the odds of that happening seven times in 80 years, just by the like simple probability is, you know, one in 10,000 to the seventh power, which is one in 10 to the 28th, which is like one followed by 28 zeros, which Mm -hmm. is a number that is incomprehensible. That's how, that's how unlikely it would be to get struck seven times within an 80 year span. Hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that's <sighs> this poor man. <laughs> it's astonishing. It should not have been able to happen. Um, We've already talked about a lot of the stuff I wanted to round out with about, you know, his job is puts him outside a lot. So he's an unusual case. Um, You know, 16,296 people were injured in lightning strikes in the U.S., injured or killed between 1959 and the year 2000. So over 41 years, 16,000 people. 
and he got hit seven times, which is, you know, for the entire country. I mean, like, that's that's unusual, obviously. Um, it seems likely to suspect that, you know, him being outside a lot and, and being, you know, in ranger stations remotely and in towers and things like that or out on lo- lonely roads, you know, it seems likely to think that that would increase the odds. But it does not account for how much this happened right. to him. Like we said, there are plenty of other people mm-hmm. who work outside a lot that that doesn't happen to. And I'll throw another wrinkle in here, which is it's unlikely enough for any one person to have this happen to them a lot. Mm-hmm. His wife also got struck by lightning. Hmm. So like how many times? Just once? One time she was hanging clothes in the backyard and she got struck by lightning. Hmm. So then you start to be like, is it the area or is it because he yeah. put a mark on her somehow? You know, like it's it definitely calls into question a little bit. You know, if you get hit by of lightning seven times. Other factors that are making it more likely. Yeah. It's just odd. It kind of, I, I don't know what to do with that information, but <clears throat> it definitely, it's a little wrinkle that makes you question why. Yeah. Um, so we're just about done here. Um, I want to say lastly on uh, Roy, and I don't want to talk much about his death. There's people I was just wondering when he died. What uh, year it was. He died uh, in 1983. Okay. So that was at that point, considering the strikes, I mean, like he hadn't been struck by lightning in six years. Okay. But I mean, they were happening every year at that point, every year or other year. So, and then nothing for six years. Um, but yeah, he, it, it seems like, it seems like life got kind of sad because people, legitimately that he worked with would not want to be around him. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they'd w- be afraid that they get struck by lightning because they were around him. Yeah. They would legitimately avoid him. The superintendent from 1972 to 1986, which is a different guy that not like, not the guy he reported to mm-hmm. said a longstanding rule in the park was that if you see a dark cloud heading your way, get away from Roy Sullivan. Oh, it made him sad. Like, that, yeah, it would, you know, it's not like, his fault. he didn't know why, but of course they, of, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't you have, it's like, this guy's been struck three times even, or, or even just twice. And it's like, oh, this is now a repeat pattern. Yeah. And there's a cloud rolling in. You're like, he, I mean, he, he remembered people being like, see ya, mm. getting out of there. Um, which is sad. Um, it made him paranoid. It made him fearful. And I, he really thought something was trying to kill him. And I find that very reasonable given the circumstances. Right. I, I don't think that his reaction to that is, is misguided in yeah. any way. I understand. Like we talk a lot about like how people are really great at like making patterns out of things or ascribing meaning to random events. But I think that's totally understandable in his case. Exactly. This is where I like draw my skeptic line and just be like, okay, you know what? I don't know why, but I understand. Right. Like (laughs) if you don't have an explanation for it and you know, it's highly unlikely. Yeah. It's totally understandable to like fear the reason why it's happening and then it's going to happen again. 
it it doesn't matter why it's happening. It is definitely a pattern and it's upsetting. Like you don't have to understand why to be like very fearful of it happening to you over and over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, he was, so you asked about whether there was a reason that anyone could identify. Yeah. And I will say this, he was offered money more than once by people to travel and to be reimbursed, to be studied, to see if there was something about him, whatever the case, whatever they could measure about him. And he, he never took anyone up on it. I under the thing is, if it were me, I probably would because I'm a very curious person and I'd want to know. Yeah. But I also understand not wanting to be a science experiment. Yeah. Well, I think probably a number of things at play there. It was just like, you know, <laughs> not wanting to be poked and prodded and not wanting it to interfere with your life more than it already has and not wanting it to be the focus of your life. Like, yeah. Or if you find something out, what are you going to do about it? Right. Is it something you could even change? Yeah. I mean, they, they're going to put them in a demagnetizing chamber or something like, like what are they going to, there's no, and it would make you feel a little bit like, like a sideshow, right? Like, yeah. Which I don't think at all is what a guy like that wanted. He was, he was, I mean, there's right. a reason that I don't have a lot of information on his life. He didn't write a book. He, he just you know, was trying to live a normal life. Yeah. I mean, the people, he didn't take this stuff to the news like a lot of people would, or like, mm -hmm. you know, try and turn it into something. He reported it to his supervisor relatively privately. The only reason we know about it is because it's part of government documents. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he wasn't eager to turn it into anyone else's public business exactly. Who submitted it to Guinness? I don't know. I suspect it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it would have been. But it did become a news item eventually. I think um, it uh, by the seventh one or the sixth one, somewhere in there, he was covered in uh, national papers. And when he died, he got a spot in the New York Times. Um, you know, they they mentioned that he died of a gunshot wound. They, they didn't say any more on that, you know. Mm -hmm. But he got a mention in the death section of the New York Times. A dude from Dooms, Virginia, in the middle, not exactly nowhere, but kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I I don't know. It's for, for what it's worth. He, you know, <laughs> for a miserable series of events, hmm. he was noticed. He was seen. So. That's so sad. So that's Roy Sullivan. Poor uh, Roy Sullivan. In 2021, if you're looking for good luck, if you're looking for a better year than the last one, just remember, you've not been struck by lightning once, let alone seven times. Probably not. If you're listening and you've been struck by lightning, I want to hear from you. Yes, talk to us. <laughs> but you've not been struck seven times by lightning like poor Roy Sullivan. That's, it's just so sad. I just feel so bad for him. I do too. I It's, it's. It's the kind of thing where, like, I think if you were able to talk to him now, there, I mean, I don't know his personality, but you got to think he would at least be able to be like, yeah, that was crazy. Like, he would, <laughs> like he would have to have some sense of humor about it where, you know, not being able to be struck by lightning anymore. Yeah, that, that, ugh. That really sucks. <laughs> I know. That I really know. sucks that that happened to him. But, you know, I mean, like, he had a wife, you know. He had a job. He had, he had a life, you know. He, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't suffer always. Yeah. 
I think I read his wife was 30 years younger than him, so I don't know. Attractive guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Roy Sullivan. I just can't imagine not quitting that job. <laughs> right. Me too. Or like trying to move. Yeah. I looked up uh, and, and did a little street view around Dooms, Virginia, just to see what kind of a place it is. It looks a lot like here, you know, yeah. or like a, it's like small towns and, you know, uh, lots of nice little uh ranch houses and you know there's not like a giant lightning rod in the middle of the town <laughs> nope there sure isn't but you wonder like is there like some kind of mineral deposit something or something atmospheric happening there <clears throat> yeah i even looked like you know i mean it's mountainous but it's not like there's like a it's not like there's a big spire peak like right i don't know i couldn't figure out so all of this is making me think of um Something I've told you about before that I kind of want to go to, which I don't know, maybe I'm rethinking it, but <laughs> it's called the Lightning Field. Oh, you remember yeah. me talking about that? It's, yeah. It's by American sculptor Walter De Maria. It's in New Mexico, and it's uh, 400 polished stainless steel poles installed in a grid array measuring one mile by one kilometer. <clears throat> um, they're two inches in diameter, and they average 20 feet. And seven and a half inches in height. Um, they're spaced 220 feet apart and have solid pointed tips that define a horizontal plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they're meant to be like walked through and viewed. And there is a cabin nearby that you can stay in and Watch witness lightning the lightning. Yeah. Um, which I've always wanted to go to because I we like storms. Yes. And it would be interesting um it's somewhat reasonable one of the one of the least likely places to get struck by lightning actually yes because of all the lightning rods yeah um he should have gone and lived there (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it existed yet imagine having to live like in a special little house in the middle of a field like some kind of x-men character because (laughs) poor guy would still probably get hit yeah Anyway, like I said, I don't believe in luck, but boy, that is bad luck. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was, it wasn't good. Uh, anyway, hope your 2021 is good and you don't get uh, hit by any lightning. And uh, <laughs> if you if you are in any doubt about it, you can make a lemon pig like Aubrey did. Mm-hmm. It's a little, a little, a little lemon, lemon that you put little legs on and put a little coin in its mouth and that's good luck. And Hopefully you brush the... Dirt out your door on mm-hmm. the first, and is, is uh, you ate some kibasi. Yep. Brush dirt out your door. Yeah. Man, we got so much dirt. Well, it's not actual dirt, but you you brush the old out. Oh, okay. We really should have done that because we got just like fluff yeah. all over this we place. We got a lot of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly dog fur. <laughs> anyway, that's goose chase. Goose chase. Um, it was nice to do an episode for the first time in a few weeks. Hmm. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, probably, mm-hmm. with uh, another episode, Christy's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. thank you for listening, and have a happy 2021. Or something like it. Or something vaguely resembling a good year. <laughs> God knows we can use it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. 
On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 